This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Ashley on from Spiceworks Ziff Davis, and we'll be talking about equity audits. This is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to get into it with Ashley. Ashley, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and Spiceworks Ziff Davis? Uh, Sure thing. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Um, So yeah, my name is Ashley Perryman and I work with Spiceworks at Davis as a part of the HR team. We are um, a global company that is in the kind of omni-channel global demand gen and marketing space. Um, We are a digital focused company and I get the pleasure of working amongst our human resources team. We're spread out across the US, UK, France, Spain, Philippines, India, Australia, um, and growing in different locations. My career has long been in human resources, but has just taken on a slightly different flavor depending on the type of organization that I'm working in, the size, the global footprint, and so on. Um, uh, Moved around a lot throughout the US and um, have tried to be an advocate for people-first organizations and people-first policies, programs, and practice inside of uh, businesses like this. I love it. Let's start with the basics. Why is diversity so important in the workplace? Yeah. Well, I think it's a loaded, loaded question. (laughs) It it is. It is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Let's start with something simple. So simple. What's the airspeed velocity of, uh, yeah, (laughs) no, no. You know, I mean, we're all at a point, I think societally, like we we get it. There's so many studies. I mean, like it's beyond common sense. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. um, that's words. They're still not actions, right? So Mm -hmm. so we still, like, we're still not quite there. We're a hundred years late. To the party okay fair okay stated and covered <laughs> however you know let's 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 okay if someone is still on the fence yeah yeah for some reason <laughs> let's mm-hmm. go there yep yep so uh, to, to your point about all of the studies that have uh been conducted and published and documented and shared uh, about diversity the benefits of diversity we definitely subscribe to all of those findings that um, diversity, equity, and inclusion work um, helps an organization to be propelled forward. It helps with innovation. It helps with growth. It helps with growth mindsets of its people. It helps with the resilience and sustenance of businesses when they are hit by a global pandemic or something that is um, uh, unforeseen. Yes, like things that happen um, in the business world, but in the world in general, this uh, diversity work helps to fortify the business uh, because it provides different perspectives and um, people with different lived experiences, different blind spots, um, different knowledge base to help the business to cover 
all of its bases. Um, and so the diversity work that many organizations are em embracing or talking about more and more and are uh, are doing well, but it's ever ever a journey for everyone. Um, it provides the uh, that the protection and the strength um, to the businesses through its people, where where people can thrive, people can do their best work, businesses can be more successful, more innovative, more growth focused, um, and so diversity not just in um, in color or gender or a gender expression or um, lifestyle orientation, but also diversity of experience and thought and backgrounds. Um, and all of those things fold into um, making sure that the business itself is, uh, is embracing all of the uniqueness of all of its people. That's, that's fantastic. So a uh, real quick question about yeah. Can you get to diversity if you don't have your fundamentals like laid down? <laughs> I've, and again, no, I know this is loaded. I get it. Mm -hmm. However, I've, I've had a lot of discussions just recently about we need to, we need to focus on women in leadership. We need to focus on veterans hiring. Or we need to focus on so-and-so. And it's like, okay, that yes. And, mm -hmm. but if we don't <laughs> have our fundamentals, like we don't have our foundations, right. Mm -hmm. then how do we get to that other place? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the fundamentals, as, as, you're, as you're calling them, I would, yeah. I would say that that's really uh, an, an organization trying to understand exactly who it is. So when you right. think about like organizational identity, you think about, you know, who, who we are, what we stand for, what we all agree to, how we're aligned. We are determining that our company's identity is this and here's what we're going to reward encourage uh, align to support and here's also what we're not going to tolerate what we're not going to encourage what we're not going to promote because wherever you draw lines to say that this is who we are you're also inherently drawing lines to say this is who we're not um you uh you as an organization are moving to set that foundation of your identity. Um, and then you can determine kind of what levers to pull um, within particular areas. So you just mentioned like a company may say, we're going to focus on women in leadership, or we're going to focus on having more people of color in X and Y function. Um, those things are, you know, good steps in the right direction when you're talking about representation, when you're talking about the elevation of different people with different lived experiences to different uh, parts of, part of the business. But to your point, that that's where equity audits come in because you're looking at who we are. You're gaining self-awareness as an organization about who we are today, like the things that we've done well, the things that we haven't done well at, the things that we literally didn't even know we weren't doing well or doing well at, the things right. that we were totally ignoring and neglecting. Um, and in order to get a roadmap of where you want to go to make those decisions about more women in leadership or whatever the decisions are, you first have to know who you are today and then determine, you know, in priority order, which is a dynamic decision-making matrix, but in priority order, where are you going? Um, and equity audits are a way to try to help to level set that, a way to understand the first basis of, of kind of where, where you're at 
today before you can make a plan. So you're really taking an internal audit. You're taking stock of yourself. You're looking at your hiring practices. You're looking at your pay practices. You're looking at your promotion rates. You're looking at your policies. You're looking at your current leadership cabinet or bench, et cetera. You're really examining, quantifying, defining, and calling out where you are today in order to determine the path that you need to take forward. So, and, and also you, you were getting there, but it's all you, cause you had internal mobility, but you're all in promotions and things like that, but also who you uh, lay off. Yes. Right. Yes. So we, we learned in 2020 uh, disproportionately women mm-hmm. were affected with layoffs at the end of the year and women of color were even more disproportionately affected by that. So if you had clear insight into, again, with an audit, if you had to clear insight into your data, that probably wouldn't have happened. Yes. Yes. Hope, if you, if you were really, if you, yeah, right. We do hope, hope. and that you, if everyone right. is well-meaning, right. If everyone is well-intentioned, right. which is good to an extent, but not good enough for right. making sure that you're measuring outcomes and impact, you want to be able to call all those things out and define those, um, again, the, who you are, who you're not, what you're, about to do, what you're not about to do because it doesn't align with your values. Um, And so you would be able to uncover potential blind spots or biases if you were regularly revisiting your data on your practices, your promotions, your layoffs, the people that are leaving your organization, the people that don't make it through your candidate funnel. You want to look at it from every single angle. Um, And so think about these things like work streams in terms of hiring and internal promotions, policies and practices and exits. Um, And thinking about each one of those four kind of work streams as quadrants when you're looking at that equity audit. Who, who should do, who owns equity audits, uh, A, uh, how frequently should they be done, B? Uh, great questions. And, and honestly, I think it's going to depend on the organizational right. maturity right. on who owns the equity audits. Um, now, in terms of like diversity, equity, inclusion work, um, I'm a firm believer that the leadership team owns diversity, equity, inclusion work. And then there are people that will own specific um, like executional work streams on each one of these things, but the leadership as a whole and not HR, leadership, all of leadership owns diversity, equity, inclusion work. As far as equity audits, I believe that that's one of those work streams um, that I believe HR needs to take a handle on in terms of providing the data, distilling the data down. Um, but it's nothing without the insights and inputs of managers from across the business that know, hey, this person put in their resignation. They didn't put in their exit interview survey the exact why, but they told me in a one-on-one. And so HR doesn't have all of the data um, that it needs to have in order to do this well. We may have the exit interview surveys. We may conduct the exit interviews. We may um, um, watch the candidate pipeline. We may manage the TA function, the talent acquisition function that's working through the candidate pipeline. But the hiring managers or the managers, line managers are in the room for those interviews. The managers are in the room for those actual verbal resignations or those employee to employee concerns that may have unfolded in a team meeting or et cetera. That's where the inputs and the insights have to come from, from across the business. And so HR can funnel the data all together, can pull it together into a report and can distill it down. But the business 
across all of the functions has to provide all the insights. So it really is a joint effort with, um, if you think about like a racy matrix with a party being responsible, another party being accountable, another party party having to be consulted, and another party have to having to inform this process. So you know, I I did a, a it was a diversity um, sourcing event last year, mm-hmm. last summer, and I talked to probably a hundred DNI leaders, and it was interesting because I learned a lot. A, um, but one of the things that I learned is that they've pushed diversity to everyone. Diversity is everyone's responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was a period, and probably it was some firms that is, you'd have a diversity recruiter, you'd have, you know, you're going to have a DNI staff, et cetera. And it was Janice's, you know, responsibility or Billy's responsibility, et cetera. (laughs) And what I learned through those calls is like, yeah, those days, the, you know, it's everyone. If you're a receptionist, if you're a software engineer, yeah, your job. It's a part of everyone's responsibility, but my, you know, and I asked this question of them when I was talking to them, I'm like, well, if it's everybody's responsibility, my fear is that it's nobody's responsibility. Yep, that no one's accountable, right? That no one's accountable. Like, so what have you, have you, have you seen some of the same stuff? It is a tension, right? It's a, it's in some, in some places, I think it's a healthy tension because you, you do want everyone to carry the mantle and everyone right. to be bought in and everyone to um, to take things forward and to the point of, yes, it's receptionist job, it's recruiters, screeners job, it's right. hiring manager job, it's supporting interviewers job to get people through the funnel that think, look, behave differently than we do. Um, and, uh, and so all of those people have a part to play in it. Um, and, and ensuring that we have a diverse funnel, if we're just going to talk about TA, uh, ensuring that we have a diverse funnel in our candidates, uh, our candidate pool. But ultimately, um, the person who is making the hiring decision needs to own the fact that their pool needs to be diverse and their hiring practices. So the way that we interview, the way that we evaluate candidates, the way that we offer and negotiate to candidates, that entire process, the actual owner of that is the person who needs to make the hire. Mm. That's the person who needs to be able to hold a recruiter accountable or a recruiting coordinator accountable or uh, the uh, HR handoff, um, uh, the HRBP that they may be handing off to accountable. That's who is uh, responsible for making sure that everyone knows that this is a priority and they're going to either fund the tools, fund the activity, behavior, the time, the resources to be able to ensure that that talent acquisition process has a diverse candidate pipeline from start to finish and diverse hiring practices have been employed in their hiring practices. It's up to the person who's actually owning it, in my opinion, who's actually owning that that hire to make sure that all the other stakeholders who are playing a part in supporting that hiring effort are working towards the same goal. Love that. Hey, I put a little asterisk next to that. <laughs> What's a, what in your mind, what differentiates a good DEI program from a great one? Hmm. Good, a good DEI good program. Good to great. We're not yeah, going to go bad. Yeah. We're going to leave bad and poor and crappy. Right. We're going to leave all those yep. off. We're just say good it. to great. We're going to go those two. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think a good one is people that are um, that are driving the program that are um, well intended, that are well 
meaning um, that people are um, bought in that, that it is that it whatever this diversity word is it is it, it is important um, that we want uh, to have a diverse workforce a diverse uh, ca candidate pool um, I think the great is when every person in the org and particularly people who are welcoming people in the org in the TA function um, are can speak to the whys of why DEI is is, is um, important to this to this business, um, and that the DEI programming is actually uh, meaningful in the context of the company. For example, if you have a DEI program that works really well for this five hundred person uh, New England based. Uh, uh, only U.S. focused organization in manufacturing, the D, that exact same program won't work in a thousand plus person global organization in the uh, technology space. Um, it, it, there was there are different populations of people that are working within these businesses. It's a different size, different global and regional nuance. Uh, so context matters. And again, going to the, the first point about making sure that everyone understood why DEI, the DEI work that we're doing is meaningful, why it's important to this business. It's important in this context that all of the managers, all the teams, all the employees um, understand the impact of uh, that programming and how it brings different perspectives or different assumptions or approaches um, to the business and how it benefits the business and how it benefits us as a community of people that work together. And then everyone has, um, you know, established the same level of importance to the DEI work and um, that in therefore enhances the contributions that everybody's able to make to that programming and then what the, ben the what the ben what the business sees as the benefits right. um, of, of all of that. And so, I think the difference is who's bought in and to what level and the context, um, that context is taken into consideration. Nice segue into culture. So, you know, through the last two years, we've, 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 uh, we've obviously had to redefine culture because <laughs> most of our culture was centered around an office or a box. Mm -hmm. um, and also with a lot of the societal Things that have gone on from, you know, love is love, me too, Black Lives Matter, et cetera. You know, people are just, you know, especially candidates are more, and employees are more conscientious about, you know, culture and how we define it these days versus how we used to. And especially as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, like, what's your kind of working definition of culture right now? Like, how do you kind of think of culture? And in, and just you know, let's let's unpack that for a second. Yeah, I think for me, culture is the the, the all the unspoken ways of working, ways of collaborating, ways of being um, that an organization has. So there's you know the rules, the book of policies, the handbook, the things that people know because they're written and set in stone and everybody acknowledges them with a signature on DocuSign or et cetera. And then there's the things that are like globally um, across the, that particular organization, applicable, understood, a norm, 
um, encouraged, promoted, um, suggested with, to new hires, et cetera. That to me is the organizational culture. What is culturally, um, uh, what, what is culturally recognized as just the, the normal practice? So whether or not people have on their webcams, um, if, if it's not you know, spelled out in a um, in an agenda to say like webcam on or no webcams needed, et cetera, but just what's understood across the business. Or if it's okay for people to say in a group meeting, hey, I made a mistake and I, I'm doing this to fix it. Or if that's supposed to be something that's done in email or in writing or not at all or et cetera. So those types of practices, that type of behavior um, is work culture. And to your point, it's different than the what was, whether it was, you know, brightly colored walls and great snacks and a Zen room for people to, to unwind has now turned into those same places have now turned into perhaps a, an, an, a webcam happy hour, a virtual happy hour, um, or um, a no meeting Wednesday, because that's what we used to do when we were in the office or something. It's morphed, it's evolved, but it's in response to the context of the business that it's in. So again, it's not something that HR drives. It's not something that um, I think is even easily documented in a lot of ways. It's it's something that is um, the undertone, the undercurrent, those practices and behaviors that are just so normalized in a group of people. Um, and so it's people first. It's a culture where people of the employee group are determining um, what it's like to work here. It's always best. I, the, it used to fascinate me years ago when boards would go off site and, do, and create the values, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like here are the values of the firm. <laughs> like you are the most disconnected from yep. actually what gets done in a day-to-day basis. But anyhow, we'll put that aside. Yes. No, <laughs> it's, it, it's a really good point because I feel like there's, there's a lot of a lot of that, you know, from from on high, top uh-huh, down, we uh-huh. have decided this particular thing. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, with equity audits, the outcome that folks should expect. So, like, what is it? You know, I'm thinking about. Of course, my head races towards like an annual report and kind of mm-hmm. how we actually you know, show the firm, show ourselves, and show yeah. the firm, you know, uh, where we're at. And maybe even make that transparent to candidates at where yeah. we're at, whatever. But like, what do you feel is the outcome of, of an equity audit? And then the second part of that is what are the actions? Like, what should we think about? And yeah. what should the audience think about is like, okay, here's what you should think about is what comes from the equity audit. Mm-hmm. And, and to the point of like, who, who gets to see it, that that mm-hmm. question is, is a really vulnerable question, right? Because to yeah. the point of we're on this journey and, and we as in collectively a bunch of businesses, right, right. are on this journey of um, even evolving our cultures or evolving our practices or just looking ourselves in the mirror before we even make a change, just looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, we do this well, we don't do this well, we didn't even know we should be doing this, but we all agree and we should be doing this. And here's our current stats, our rundown, org health. Here's what it looks like to work inside, to apply to work inside, to uh, be interviewed to work inside or to exit this uh, business. This is what this looks like. We um, 
strive to do that on um, on, a, on a regular basis. And this is new for 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 us at Spicer Davis as as well. And finding the the rhythm of how often to do this, I think, is is evolving. Is it quarterly? Is it annually? Um, it is evolving. I know within Ziff Davis Inc., so within our parent company, they publish a diversity report every single year um, that is publicly available. Oh, wow. um, and so it is published, it is shared, people share it all across LinkedIn, it's shared on and all our internal employee channels and whatnot, but it is a public document. Um, and it contains, you know, insights from employees from all across the Ziff Davis Inc. Inc. ecosystem, which includes Spiceworks of Davis. Um, and it includes uh, numbers of uh, leadership and numbers and management and um, breakdown of various demographics and, and so on uh, by numbers and by percentage across the entire ecosystem. Um, it is, uh, again, a vulnerable moment for a business to be able to put information out there that maybe they're not the most proud of. But right. it's also a time where we can say, we're, we're good at this. We're, we do well at this. We exceed at this in comparison to our industry peers or something. And, but even that is not good enough for us. Here's our plan going forward. And our diversity reports with, this, with Zip Davis Inc. include that as well, like with our commitments, our next steps, and what we're going to do about uh, things that we may uncover as a result of those uh, diversity report kind of um, activities where we aggregate all the data together. And we're no different. At Spiceworks Zip Davis, we try to create action plans um, and uh uh, against what we discover um, with our equity audits, with our engagement plans, with our TA work streams. We create action plans and then assign ownerships and then track things week over week, bi-weekly or monthly, depending on the type of thing. Um, and we revisit them and try to um, try to figure out how we can attain whatever that goal is. And sometimes the goal changes because we've changed. Right. And so we're dynamic. We're, we're, you know, we're not uh, a tree, as my grandmother would say. We're not a tree. We don't have to be planted. We can change our mind and determine to do something different. Um, well, I think and, that's one of, so the, we do. one of the difficulties and one of the opportunities for folks is like you used the word journey earlier. And, uh, and, and also you summarize the kind of the concept of agility. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't think folks really recognize that you never get there. Mm -hmm. that, that it's, a, it's, an, it's a relentless pursuit that never stops, and that, which is a good thing. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that's kind of disconcerting to some folks that like to cross a finish line. Yeah. Right? So Yeah, so it's hard. It, it's, it's, it, it's a hard reality to, right. when, when, especially when people love like to-do lists or something. Like I'm a, right. I'm, I'm, that, I'm that person. I love yeah, to cross too. things off. I'm the quote unquote achiever from Gallup Strengths Finder, right? So I like to cross it off. Say I did it. I'm done moving on yeah. to the next. And um, and this is not that. Right? Uh, no, this is, this is, this ever, is never done. If you're doing it correctly, <laughs> it's you never, you never get to the finish line. Yep. Uh, Ashley, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for carving out time for, for the audience. Yeah, I'm so glad to, to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.